Hello guys, this is your host, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino D. Phoenix here from No One's Ready for Wrestling, and I want to make a quick announcement before uh, we start episode 31 of the podcast. Now, for those who don't know, on September 24th, it is my birthday, and I want to do something very special on that day, so what I decided is, is something really simple. It's a birthday mailbag. So what that means is all you got to do is send me any questions, whether it's wrestling related or just wish me a happy birthday and send me a question. I would not mind that whatsoever. But since I'm turning 26 next week, I don't know how I just can't tell you how excited I am. But I wanted to make this quick announcement before we start the episode, but like, all you got to do, send me a question via email for my listeners. Send it to me at the one and only Phoenix 1993 at gmail.com and just go all out. I want to give me some tough ones. Give me some some of the questions that I that I could answer with ease. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I just want to give you guys that heads up. Now on to episode 31 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. Episode 31 of No One's Ready for Wrestling, where I give my opinions on professional wrestling, whether it's AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, or anything else, and mostly WWE. So, this is a show where I share my opinions about professional wrestling to all you new listeners out there. I share my thoughts on pro wrestling, and you could disagree or agree with my opinion, but I'm a guy that stands but what I have to say. I am your host, as always, if you know, the one, the only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys for joining me on this episode. Now, if you did not notice, I did a quick announcement at the beginning before we started this episode that um, I'm doing a special mailbag, and on the 24th, I turned 26, so happy birthday to me! <laughs> on the 24th, I turned 26 years old. I can't wait for that, man. I can't wait to uh, give you guys that mailbag that I promised you guys. So I'm going to try and spread it to every social media as I can. But uh, you guys know what you got to do. Now, as always, Anchor has been the best sponsor of this podcast. I, I, got, I can't thank them enough, man. They really, really helped me out and... It's the best place to start as a podcaster. Not only that, they they distribute your podcast on other platforms. And man, I got to say it's it makes it really easier because usually you don't have to do all this difficult work and say let's post it on this one, let's post it on this one. Anchor's going to do it for you. So what I recommend, guys, go to anchor.fm/start. Sign up. It is 100% free. Trust me, you will not pay a dime. And Anchor will be your first your first sponsor. So, not and the more episodes you do, you're going to get more sponsors, which hopefully that's the goal I'm trying to get right now. 
but go to anchor.fm slash thought. You're going to hear it at the end again, but I might switch it up when we reach uh, either episode 50 or probably the next episode. I might switch the uh, opening ad before we uh, hit that record button. So let me know what you guys think. Also, I want to give a little quick shout. I've got to do a cheap plug here. Um, for those who don't know, Wildcat is doing their annual Revolution Rumble. Um, we already got three participants for this Revolution Rumble, so I'm going to reveal it to you real quick. And I hope you guys like this. And I say get your tickets now because you don't want to miss history being made because Wildcat will be will be uh, doing their first show at the Pontchartrain Center. And this is a hu- this is huge, man. So let me give you the uh, participants. MVP is our first participant in the Revolution Rumble. We have Sexy Chino, our favorite here of Wildcat, <laughs> participating in this Rumble. We have the Salmation Sensation, Danny Flamingo. He's going to be in the Rumble. And we... And to, as of today, we got the Mysterious Q that will be participating. So those are the names um, that are going to be in this Battle Royal. And like I said, get your tickets now. Come see what we're all about. I've been a huge supporter of Wildcat for a long, long time. And they have never, never disappointed me every time I go to their show. During intermissions, you meet wrestlers, you chat with them. And this is the thing I love about Wildcat. That's how I made a lot of friends down there. So hopefully I see you guys there. And come take a photo with me if you want to. Also, I'm planning on going to Ring of Honor. I made that decision. I'm going to Ring of Honor. Um, I didn't get my ticket yet, but I'm planning on getting it uh, probably after my birthday or after this next check that I get. But... I am going because I got to support my boys. And not only that, going to Ring of Honor, that's on my bucket list. So why not? (laughs) Why not? So I got to do that cheap plug. Also, I haven't done this in a while. If you want a shirt, go to redbubble.com. Just type in no one's ready for wrestling. Click on other products. Even though they got coffee mugs with my logo. They got a sticker. They got an iPhone case you could get. Just go to other products on on my name and just look at the t-shirt. Find the favorite color of your choosing because I got mine in black. So that's just a that's a little click, a little um, plug that I did, a cheap plug for that. You guys also know the drill with social media. Follow me on Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. And we are literally at one th- 1.3K on... Uh, on uh, Twitter, I, I'm really happy with my work down there. I'm really happy with just tweeting my thoughts about pro wrestling and seeing how you guys will agree or disagree with me on it. And I will be live tweeting for Evolve. I know it's tonight, but if you're listening to it on a Saturday, they have one on Friday, and they're having a Shine show and an Evolve show on that Saturday. So I'll be live tweeting for that as well. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. I'm rarely on Instagram most of the time, so I just want to give y'all the quick heads up right there. I'm rarely on Instagram. Just follow me there. Also, follow the Facebook page, Cool Man Sip, like it, and let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. I want to start 
with this um, AEW news now. They got, they revealed their next location on Being the Elite. It will take place in the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in Indianapolis, Indiana. So for those who are there, hope you guys have fun and enjoy wrestling as you can. Enjoy what these guys can do because I, I could tell AEW is going to be something to watch for along with NXT, which we will talk about later. So, they, um, so I just want to give you guys a heads up. They just revealed the uh, name for um, the AEW show on TNT is going to be called Dynamite. The Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, I mean, we've been knowing this. It was going to happen. So, it's no big deal. Like, I like the name. Got that old school WCW feel, if you ask me. But, let it be its own thing. But I can't wait to see what they do. It's time to light it up, baby. So, I want to get on to the fun part. During the Road 2 series, the Road to AEW on TNT... Um, they revealed the World Tag Team Championship Tournament bracket, which, you know, I'm a sucker for tournaments. I love me some tournaments. So, I want to do my quick predictions for this. And I want to start with uh, the Young Bucks versus Private Party. Hmm, who this is going to be a tough one. As much as I love the, the Young Bucks, I really want to give it the Private Party, but at the same time, they just lost... The uh, ladder match at All Out. So I could see the Young Bucks getting the win against Private Party. But I think this is going to be a damn great match, man. But I could see the Young Bucks getting the win. We have uh, Lucha Bros. Seattle Mero versus Jurassic Express. Uh, I'm automatically going for Jurassic Express to move on to the uh, semifinal round. As much as I like Lucha Bros, they don't need this win. They really don't. And I would give it to to uh, Jurassic Express because they're the most over team that I have ever seen. And I think people want to see them as champions. So why not? So it could be like I'm really thinking between Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks or Jurassic Express versus Private Party. But I think the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express would be a great match if you ask me. Now the Dark Order, they get the first round by... We got Best Friends versus SCU. I am going with SCU. I think it will make the most sense because I honestly don't want to see Best Friends versus the Dark Order again. No disrespect. But, I mean, you don't want to do the same thing over and over and over again. You got to do something fresh. But, um, I think SCU is going to advance to the to the uh, semifinals. So then we get the semifinals of my pick. We got the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. I got Jurassic Express going to the finals. The Young Bucks are going to put them over because they're that good. And, of course, Dark Order is going to be in the finals. It, I mean, it's it's not, it's no coincidence. They're going to be in the finals. But if you were to ask me who should win the AEW Tag Team titles, I'm going with Jurassic Express. I think that would be the nice, feel-good moment. And... Honestly, honestly, I think this is the that's the best decision. I think that'll be best for business. Now we get to Kenny Omega. Cause he has a lot of things to say about NXT that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Others are saying that while W while they don't want to they say they don't want to start a war with WWE, but here they are taking shots at WWE. And look, 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 look. 
And I, I can see people saying that. Other people saying that's part of his character. Look, it's a wait-and-see approach. But now, Dropkick uh, Discussions, they recently spoke to Kenny Omega, and he unloaded about the Wednesday Night Wars. To him, there is no war because AEW will have real stars, while NXT is only offering fans developmental talent. Yeah, I know that's going to rub you guys the wrong... I know that's going to rub some listeners the wrong way, but... This is what he said. You can call it a war if you want. To me, we're in a completely different kind of business. What they're doing is different from what we're doing. And it's weird because it's hard to say that you're going to call a war with people that I call my friends. And yet, we are going to war. Yet, when I uh, when I sit back and I look at the grand picture... It's like, I'm going to war with these dudes that if we were on the same show together, you know, the same show with the same promotion, let's pretend there's no wars. Let's just pretend there are no promotions. Let's just pretend there's one big promotion if they were on the same show as me. They'd be in the dark match. They'd be in the opening match. And I'm in the main event match. Now, pay attention to that. You're going to call that war? You want to call that competition? Go ahead. I mean, maybe that's fun for you to do. That's cool, but we're on a different planet, and you're going to see that right away when you see 10,000-plus arenas sold out. You're going to see smiles on fans' faces, and you're you're going to see real stars, not developmental talent, but real stars there on your television sets every week. Now, I could... I could honestly see this as a work, okay? Now, let's pretend if it wasn't a work. Then, yes, I would have some problems right there because you got Adam Cole, who's been working the indies. You got um, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Roderick Strong, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, um, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae. A Mia Yim, a Santana Garrett, Diana, I could go on and on, a Pete Dunn, a Walter, who's been working the indies for a long time. That I would have a huge scratch on my head with. But, 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 I honestly think that he is working us. And I think he's in that cleaner phase, or he's just that confident in what um, AEW is going to be doing. Now, I wouldn't call NXT development brand anymore. They are officially a third brand. Like, they're not developmental anymore. They are a third brand. But I think this is just the work. I think people are blowing this really out of proportion. Who are blowing... I think he's blowing it out of proportion. Like, I think people... Um, Now, I could make the argument that some of the matches I've seen on NXT were somewhat better than some of the matches in AEW. I mean, we can't deny that. <clears throat> Walter, uh, Tyler Bate, TakeOver Cardiff. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I must must have got something in my throat here. But I, I honestly think this is just a work. I mean, I think Kenny is playing up to his character a little bit, and he's a little bit broken after losing to Chris Jericho and Pac and then John Moxley at full gear. I'm just throwing that out there. So, I think it's a work. But, if this is legit, because Dominic Dijakovic, he actually responded, and he mentioned something about his match with Keith Lee and PWG. 
And Matt Jackson literally responded, but he pulled the old tweet and delete, which I I don't know who <laughs> like I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. I I honestly think that it's just being blown out of proportion. I'm not worrying about it. It's it's a simple fact that look, we have wrestling. We're being spoiled with wrestling, whether it's AEW or NXT on a Wednesday night. We're being spoiled by uh, pro wrestling. So I say let's calm the fuck down and let's just support both. How about that? Okay? Okay, good. You agree with me. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Now, John Moxley, he confirms of uh, Wrestle Kingdom plans. Um, now... Moxley currently holds the IWGP United States Championship. And he recently spoke to, uh, well, New Japan's website recently spoke to Moxley. And they confirmed that his plan to be in the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom in January next year. He said, 100% I plan to be at the Tokyo Dome. I don't know who I'll be facing, whether I'm still the U.S. champion. But I've been in WrestleManias, in the G1, and this is the next step. Anyone who's any... And anyone who's in Japan has competed in the Tokyo Dome, so I absolutely plan on being there. And I could see him possibly facing Juice Robinson again. I could see that. I could see that. Or, like, I don't know. I think that would make the most sense. Either that or he might face uh, Suzuki. Um, can I have that, please? Um, can I have that? Suzuki versus Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Can we have that? <laughs> I, I I'm already I just gave you that big idea right there. But 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 I think it's gonna be Juice Robinson. Who knows? Who knows? So moving along, Michael Elgin. Now, as you guys know, Bountiful Glo- Bound for Glory, Impact's Bound for Glory is next month. I can't wait to see what they they have in store for us. But one of the matches that I, I'm absolutely looking forward to, to be quite honest, when you look at this card, because this is what they have so far. We have the Impact World Championship on the line between the current champ, Brian Cage, versus Sammy Callahan. And I honestly think Sammy Callahan is going to win this one, to be quite honest. We have Ken Shamrock versus Moose. Moose. Are you ready to bust some head, Moose? We have the Rascals versus Dr. Wagner Jr. and two mystery tag team partners. But this one, holy shit, I can't wait. I can't wait. We have Michael Elgin versus Naomichi Marufuji. Now, Elgin, he shares why this match is so important to him. And he... He was taking to Twitter. He wrote that um, Elk about his love for Japanese wrestling since watching All Japan Pro Wrestling for the first time in 1992. This passion drove him as a child to perform in Japan. Elgin made his Japanese debut in 2003, but still dreamed of wrestling for Pro Wrestling Noah. In particular, he wanted to face one man, Mauer Fuji. He recalled how they were originally meant to wrestle in 2013 but an injury prevented Fuji from competing that night. For him, it doesn't matter that their bout isn't for a championship or the main event of Bound for Glory. Elgin promised that the quality of the match 
will make it the main event of the night and will be the match people talk about on their way home. So it will take place on the 20th of October at the Odium Expo Center in Villa Park, Illinois. So I can't, I absolutely can't wait for this. I think that match is going to be awesome. And I think it's going to be the best match. If you want me to be honest, I think it's going to be one of the best matches on that card. Now, it's not fully completed yet. We didn't we don't have a knockouts tag. We don't have a knockouts championship match. We don't have a tag team championship match on that card yet, but I can't wait to see what they have planned for uh Bound for Glory. And I might be doing predictions for that show as well and covering it as at the same time. So, I think this is going to be awesome. Speaking of which, Ring of Honor and Shane Taylor is Shane Taylor on his way out? So, Ring of Honor issued a statement on uh, Shane Taylor and his future of of the TV title. Ring of Honor has announced that they have reached an agreement with current TV champion Shane Taylor to buy out the remaining portions of his contract. To, uh, the promotion has stated that they are currently in negotiation with Taylor for him to still defend the title on the 27th of September at Death Before Dishonor. He is scheduled to defend against Flip Gordon and Tracy Williams on the show. Now, they said, this is what they said. Ring of Honor Wrestling and Shane Taylor have agreed to terms on a buyout of his contract, effective immediately. And they continued on by saying, Ring of Honor is currently in negotiations with Taylor for him to make an advertised defense of the Ring of Honor World Television title at the death before Dishonor pay-per-view on the 27th of September in Las Vegas against Flip Gordon and Tracy Williams in a triple threat match. Now, if you saw on the 14th of September, Shane Taylor, he listed himself as the CEO of Shane Taylor Production on his bio. And this is what he says. Some people will pay you for your potential, all capitals, others, and your, your talent, then some will pay so nobody else has you. But in the end, you're still be begging for the place at somebody else's table. I want my own table in my house. So this is the lineup we got for uh, Death Before Dishonor. And of course, the triple threat one is pending right now. We have Boom Boom, Cole Cabana versus Marty Skrull. PCO versus Kenny King. We have Kelly Klein defending her Women of Honor title against Angelina Love from the Allure. We have the the Bouncers versus Silas Young and Vinny Mossigilia, if I pronounced it right. We have the Briscoes versus Bandito and Mark Haskins. Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham. Ooh, that should be a good match. And, of course, the Ring of Honor world title is going to be on the line with Matt Taven defending his title against the undefeated Roosh. So, I mean, I honestly think, I honestly think, um, <clears throat> I honestly think Roosh needs to win this because I, I don't know what it is with Matt Taven. Something about him just doesn't click with me. I don't know what it is. And I think people saying that he's just boring and he's not, and they're pretty much pointing the blame at him for tickets not doing well. I think, I think Roosh could be the Ring of Honor World Champion, but I could see Matt Taven keeping the title and Roosh being protected via DQ. 
He could still win, but I think it's going to be in a DQ finish. So, moving right along. Um, WWE's plan direction for the upcoming draft. Now, thankfully, can we get a round of applause that the wildcard rule will no longer exist after this draft? Because that's what I like. We don't need the wild card rule anymore. Oh, the reset button is the best thing in life. But hopefully they do it right. That's the only thing that matters. They have to do it right. Now, WWE made the announcement official that they will be holding another draft. We should probably expect a lot of changes, and it looks like they might be sticking around this time. Mike Johnson noted on PW Insider Elite Audio that WWE's plan after the draft is to keep those rosters separated. There will also be a Survivor Series and other special attractions where the expectation is made. But the idea is that they want to keep exclusive rosters for both of their host networks. Now, Mike Johnson said, and I quote, I was told that the plan and... This could change because, let's face it, it's WWE, and yeah, and I could agree with him right there. It's WWE. They change plans all the time. Um, The plan is that once that this draft is set in stones, meaning once this Raw and SmackDown episodes happen, that the rosters will be separated in church and state, at least for now. A lot of that has to do with what they want, a certain roster for Fox and a certain roster for NBC. That doesn't mean they want they won't intermingle at some point. Obviously, they will intermingle on pay-per-views, but as they establish the TV shows, they want to make sure that the foundation and the bedstone for each series moving forward is solid. Unquote. And that's the great mindset. You should not have a wild card rule. Honestly. Because that pretty much killed the this brand split right there. So hopefully they actually make it feel important. And actually use the stars that have been underutilized. And build towards them to make it feel special. And I gotta tell you man. Like if you would have asked me who I, who I think would benefit most. Who should be benefiting more from this draft? Like, all the guys that's been underutilized. That's all I could say. From EC3 to Apollo, Andrade, even though he's been putting on great matches. Buddy Murphy to an Asuka, Kyrie Sane, a Liv Morgan, who was going through a character change, so on and so forth. Like, those are the names that I'm throwing out there. And I think that would make the most sense. But hopefully, everybody is treated like a star instead of being treated like a prisoner and a joke. That's the best way I could describe that. Now, WWE has extended Jeff Hardy's contract due to an injury. Fightful Select A reported saying that Jeff Hardy has his contract extended for at least one more year. This is due to his current injury. So, talk about... um trying to keep him from going to AEW or something like that. They're trying to keep this guy from leaving. And what's the status with Matt Hardy? So, and they followed it up, Fightful does, saying that Matt Hardy is not in the same situation as his brother. He's able to wrestle, but WWE isn't using him. 
Why? Why? <clears throat> WWE, since he's not injured and unable to work, WWE can't extend uh, Matt Hardy's contract in the same way they did for his brother. At this time, Matt Hardy's WWE contract still appears to be in, up in March of next year. So, let's see how they can work this out, man, because I don't know what they might do with Matt Hardy. He's mostly seen on uh, WWE Watch Along during the pay-per-views. But um, hopefully they have something in store for him because he just can't be sitting in the back doing nothing. And I see him doing that phasing of his characters from the broken stuff to the version one of Matt Hardy. Like, I don't know what they could... They could do something with that. I honestly think they could do something with that if you, if you would have asked me. And I hope that's the case. We got an update from... Uh, Fightful on Drew McIntyre's status. When is he going to be returning after he had that minor surgery? Apparently, he's going to be returning in mid-September per WWE's internal list. And is September like it's September 20th, so he should be back like anytime soon. I mean, it's really not the same, but I hope he's recovering pretty damn good. And all I can say is that he. I hope he comes back stronger and much needed because I think the main event scene could use something very important. Just, just, just throwing that out there. Just, just throwing that out there. WWE has officially confirmed that Starcade will be returning. Um. Now, after some speculation over the future of the event, WWE has confirmed that Starcade, the iconic, doing that pose again. WCW pay-per-view will be returning in the form of a one-hour special on the WWE Network once again. After a few successful network features in the past few years, uh, some fans have questioned whether or not WWE would go all-in, <clears throat> no pun intended there, and have Starcade be an actual pay-per-view event. For now, though, it's it'll just be interesting to see what kind of production the company puts on for it. It's been a day or two since news broke that Star K could return, and it appears that as if WWE wanted to get out ahead of it with the following press release by saying this. <clears throat> breaking news. Breaking news. This is a breaking news on WWE social media. Let's go to this guy and read what he has to say. Thank you, Thank you for this breaking news story. Um, the tradition Starcade carries on to the WWE Network with a one-hour special event streaming live on uh on Sunday, December first at seven at on seven p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, this is what they wrote at on. <laughs> uh, talk about grammar, please. <laughs> so, yeah, they're bringing it back. That's your breaking news. Uh, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the news. Now back to your regular scheduled program. This, this is your, this is your breaking news special report coming to you live on this channel, on this podcast, on your news website. <laughs> anyway, what my silliness aside, yeah, I mean, so the tradition of Starcake, so this is what they got. They got... Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston. Now they advertised Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion and Seth Rollins as Universal Champion. Plans can change. 
at Hell in a Cell, you may never know. The Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, possibly dropping that title. The SmackDown Women's Champion, Bayley, possibly, keyword possibly, dropping the title to Charlotte Flair. Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Sasha, Charlotte, and Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of iffy on that, but uh, let's see how they do, because I didn't watch the first uh, event. I mean, it's gonna be, it's just going to be a house show. That's all it's going to be, and that's all I'm going to say about it. WWE, now, we're about to head into this new era of WWE, and I'm moving my hands like I'm some sort of uh, mystic legend or something. Now, <clears throat> the WWE's changing a lot on their television structure, and it looks like the new commentary teams are happening. And like I mentioned, I'm really happy that they're about to do a two-man booth instead of a three-man booth. Now, NXT, they do it right. NXT does a three-man booth right. Now, I'm happy that it's just two instead of three because on the main roster, it's insufferable. It really is. Now, we previously reported that Michael Cole... Now, this is according to uh, Russell Votes. Now, Russell Votes, they previously reported that um, Michael Cole and uh, Corey Graves are expected to make the move to SmackDown on uh, Fox. Now, Renee Young, she's going to be hosting a new WWE FS1 Studio News show, which might be titled The Bump, is what they trademarked. So, that's, I think that's what it's called. So, now, WrestleVotes, they said, again, now, <clears throat> now, this is what they said. They said that the commentary team on Monday Night Raw is going to be Vic Joseph and Dio Madden. The former Brennan Williams. The the man who is the master, the Sultan of Sit himself. The Sultan of Sit himself will be doing a two-man booth. But, I mean, I think this should be good. I mean, they have, they worked well on that 205 Live show when Kushida made, that de- made his debut there. And I think he did pretty good. I honestly think he did pretty good. And... Just gonna let me just clarify that, yep, it is the bump. I just I had to make sure, I had to make sure, and that is what it is. But Dio Madden and Vic Joseph, I think that could work pretty well. Mike Michael Cole, like we was thinking of someone else, but I mean I know Michael Cole's gonna be the voice of SmackDown now. He's been the voice of Raw for a long time. Now he's gonna lend his voice to SmackDown. I was thinking it could it could have been Tom Phillips in uh. Corey Graves and Michael Cole would be doing stuff backstage to help the newer uh, guys out, but I think I'll be okay with that. I, but it's just a wait and see. But just I think I think it's, it could go well. It could go well. But since we're about to be in this new era of uh, of WWE again, because they had to hit that reset button. Anyway, Sheamus. Sheamus is close to a WWE return. Where is my Celtic warrior? I missed him so much. Well, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter has an update. Now, Sheamus has been out of action due to his spinal stenosis. He is reportedly coming back. He reportedly He's reportedly coming back as soon as WWE has an idea of what to do with him. 
Now, he made a comment while speaking to the Edge and Christian about how he's ready for his return if they let him. He's gotten, ama he's gotten in amazing shape, which he, like, he looks fantastic. His uh, Celtic workouts as well, and dropped a lot of his build. And dropped a lot uh, of his build. I can't wait to see when Sheamus uh, returns. I hope they have something in store for him. Whether it's they probably might pair him back up with Cesaro, or they might put him, they might separate him and Cesaro. Well, I think he's going to be on his own. I think that, um, you know what I want to do? You know what I want him to do? I want him to go to NXT UK. I really do. Have him face Ia Dragunov, have him face Walter, like some like those names. Have him be on NXT UK, and I think that would be nice. I think that would be a great move. Him mixing it up with, like I said, him mixing it up with a Walter, mixing it up with uh, Tyler Bate, mixing it up with Ia Dragunov, so on and so forth. And it's raining outside right now. While I'm recording this, it is raining right now. It just started to rain. But I think Shame is going to NXT UK for a little bit. I think it could help him out to shape up that ring rust. I think that would be great. So I want to know what you guys think. Do you think uh, Sheamus should be in NXT UK? Mixing it up with uh, a Tyler Bate? Tyler Bate versus Sheamus. Holy shit. Just, I'm already having fantasy bookings about this match right now. Just take my money. Take my money man. Now, Vince McMahon. He missed Monday Night Raw. He missed SmackDown Live. Why did he miss the WWE televisions this week? Well, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, it was noted that... Now, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter noted that this week's Red Brand show had the heaviest Paul Heyman influence to date, which I will talk about later. And it was also noticed that... Noted that Vince McMahon and his little beaver friend, Kevin Dunn, were not at the show due to promotional meetings with Fox. Now... We might see if this becomes a threat, but we, I mean, I understand you got to promote Fox, but, which leads us to Monday Night Raw. It took place in Knoxville, Tennessee, and as we look at the poll, we have 58% thumbs up, 24 votes in total, 33 in the middle, 4% thumbs down, and 5% didn't watch. This is the Twitter poll. Now... I want to go to the poll that I do on Wrestling Amino, and I haven't been doing that on the podcast. So, to anyone on Amino, I apologize. I sincerely, I sincerely apologize. So, this is the votes that we that we're looking at so far: fifty percent thumbs up, seventeen uh, percent in the middle, zero percent thumbs down, and thirty-two percent did not watch on the Wrestling Amino poll. Now, this show, oh, I went on a little rant on that show, and it's one of the reasons you're going to, you're going to know what it is. You're going to know what it is. Now, here's, here's the thing. The show started off really, really good. We had Rollins, who overexposed, burn it down, Seth Rollins, talking about his match at Clash of Champions. Against Braun Strowman, how Braun Strowman pushed him to his limit, and probably one of Braun Strowman's best matches in his WWE career. Period, if you ask me. 
And I'm trying to put it in. And he mentions that how the fiend showed up and he attacked him at the end. Now, he said that they'll face off at Hell in a Cell. And three weeks, in about three or two weeks, you're going to lose that that universal title, Mr. Rollins, good sir. <clears throat> now, Bray Wyatt here on Firefly Funhouse. We're really glad that you're our friend. And this is a friendship that will never, ever end. Sorry, I can't help but singing that. It's too catchy. Bray comes out. Ray appears, he's like, hey, Seth, you're my future best friend. And then you have Rambling Rabbit telling Seth to le- to run, run. And Bray just tells him, tells Rambling Rabbit to be quiet and get out of here. Like, he doesn't tell him that. Like, he just tells him, get be quiet. And he's like, look, well, I'm willing to forgive, but the Fiend, he doesn't. He doesn't forgive. And I, I look, and I, I just think this is the best way that Bray Wyatt could do a promo instead of just being in the ring. I think this makes the most sense. But the end game for Hell in a Cell has to be for Bray Wyatt to win that title because he is that damn good at what he's doing. He is that good at what he's doing. And I'm being completely honest. I am completely honest when I say that. Now, Seth... Yeah, he has some good matches, but he's been overexposed to the point where I don't want to see him as champion anymore. And not only that, I don't want to see him as a babyface anymore. And I swear, if WWE has Bra- has Seth Rollins beat The Fiend, oh, that's going to be a war. It's going to be a lot of shit being dropped if that happens. And... I hope they make the right decision because, like I said, Bray Wyatt is the best thing on WWE right now. Your end game has to t- has to be taking the title off of Seth, putting it on Bray Wyatt. That's it. That's it. Now, we had this tag team summit. Uh, yeah. Talk about burying your tag team division again. You had Bobby Roode, and I refuse to call him Robert Roode. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, the Raw Tag Team Champions, and the Revival, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, during their little summit, if you could call it that. But it was just a segment. And again, Braun Strowman, he took out the entire team by himself. Talk about burying your tag team division on both brands. Seriously, like, I'm sitting here thinking, are they going to unify the titles? Like, I'm really honest. I'm like, the Tag Team Summit, I hope they unify those fucking titles because it's desperately needed. But we got the brand split. They want to make it legit, and hopefully they do something right. So we had the OC. They took on the War Raiders and Cedric Alexander. And the OC won. Cedric ate the pin. And there's a story that I'm about to read. And... Put your pitchforks down. Like, you can have your pitchforks up and ready. Because I know this might trigger you guys. But I'm going to try and see what this might be all about. Now, WWE makes a lot of interesting decisions. And Vince McMahon is certainly behind a lot of them. And this latest choice might be a bit controversial. 
Cedric Alexander has a WWE contract due to his hard work. The fact that fans chanted, please sign Cedric after his performance in the Cruiserweight Classic also really helped matters for him. Since being called over to the Raw brand from 205 Live, it seemed like he was going to get pushed. We previous, Now, it was previously reported that Paul Heyman is behind Alexander and wants to put a slow push behind him. However, Vince McMahon had other ideas. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, Uncle Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Radio, he noted that Vince McMahon had called has called for Cedric Alexander's burial. So this should explain why AJ Styles had destroyed him so thoroughly and easily in their previous outing. Now, he said, and I quote, I was told last night that Vince McMahon wants to bury him. I don't know why. I don't know why he want to do that. Unquote. Now, take this, take this with a grain of salt, okay? Why in God's name, seriously, why in God's name would you call for a burial of Cedric Alexander, who is really, really talented, and the five minutes he showcased in his match against AJ Styles on the fucking kickoff show, and how Paul Heyman is a really big fan of him, why would you want to take it away like that? If that does not tell you how Vince McMahon does not build new stars, I don't know what to tell you. I seriously don't know what to tell you. If it's Vince losing interest, this guy has lost his mind. Like, if you're a fan of Paul, if Paul Heyman's a fan of you, you gotta expect big things. Now, this beatdown, after the match, I'm thinking to myself, I I think they're really trying to push this storyline between Cedric and AJ. But if this is the case of him being buried like this, I don't even know, I don't even know what the fuck this guy is thinking. I don't know what the fuck Vince McMahon is smoking. Like, you got a gold mine in Cedric Alexander, and I'm not going to say this again. Look back at his match against Kota Ibushi in the Cruiserweight Classic and tell me you want to see him perform like he did against Kota Ibushi. And they faced each other for the first time. Now, I hope that this is this is all bullshit. I hope Cedric Alexander is not buried. I really hope not because the dude is absolutely talented. Like, you can't do shit like that, man. You can't do that. And I hope that's the case because Cedric is so damn good. He is so good. Why would you want to waste it? Like, And it's not a surprise to no one that Vince made the call. Let's just pretend this is true. And if this is the case, this is why there's no new stars. Because Vince says, oh, I don't like this guy. Let's just bury him. And he's going to rely on the same people risking overexposure. You don't do that. That's not how I would do it. Give everyone a chance to shine. And I hope that's what they do when they do this brand split. Don't rely on the same people. Give others a, a shot at the opportunity. Now, we had these... um these segments involving the 24-7 stuff. Look, if you enjoy it, more power to you. But to be quite honest, I think that that title has already run its course. Like, it was cool when... It was cool when it's... 
Like, I'm trying to say it's cool back then, but now it's, it's just not. It's not. I'm being completely honest. And how many times R-Truth has become champion with that title? And it's funny because at a live event, EC3 won the title and he immediately lost it. Okay? But you had Glenn Jacobs, Kane, the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, make an appearance. And we all know where this was going to go. He was going to win the 24-7, in which he did. And I skipped ahead. Only to lose it to R-Truth. Again. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's it's ran its course for me. Like, I know I should give it a chance, but I, I, I just can't. I really can't. But, matter on, we had the King of the Ring Finals. We had Baron Corbin versus Chad Gable. This was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Baron Corbin and Chad Gable... They really, really work so well together. And this match was so great. Vince McMahon is is pushing Chad Gable. And I'm really glad that he's starting to see a gold mine that he has with uh, Chad Gable. And they recreated the finish that they did in that, that first Dusty Tag Team Tournament. Baron Corbin hit that beautiful end of days. Like, he countered uh, Chad Gable's move. He... Turned it into an end of days, which was a thing of beauty. And now he's the winner of the King of the Ring tournament. Now, hopefully, the winner gets something. I don't know what they get. A title shot? I hope so. I hope so. That better be the case. And this was a really, really great match. I And probably one of the best parts about Monday Night Raw. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now I got to talk about this one. I really don't want to talk about it because I literally, like when I'm watching it live, I ranted for about 20 minutes on this segment. And they're really doing this angle. I don't know why. I seriously don't know why. So we had the Street Profits doing a gender reveal for Mike and Maria Canellis' baby. Which I said, criticism aside, congratulations to them. It's a boy. So congratulations to them. Um, but then things took a really downhill spiral when Maria Canellis reveals that, um, that, uh, Ricochet is the father of her kid. Really? And so Mike Canellis said, meet me in the ring. And, and I'm sitting here like, this is the best that you got for not only the Street Profits, but for Ricochet? Ricochet, the man who competed in that NXT ladder match, that ladder match in New Orleans, I was there live, put on a fantastic five-star match. He won the North American Championship. He was the United States Champion. They won, they won, he won the Dusty Classic with uh, Alistair Black, and now he's being relegated to this. Why? Why in God's name are we doing this fucking storyline? Seriously. Why? I, I'm still baffled by this. Like, and not only that, Ricochet won, and Maria says, who's the father of my kid? And out comes Rusev. Yes, Rusev is back. He looks in fantastic shape. He's He's got a new look. He constantly, sh- he constantly has a new look. But every single, like, you bring in Rusev for this? This storyline? 
like I and I even tweeted this out. And I said, who in the right mind thinks this is great storytelling? Whoever came up with this pathetic storyline needs to be released and have their writing license revoked. But it's such good shit, though, right? It's such good shit, though, right? And I'm and what and this is WWE's plan for uh, the Maria Canellas pregnancy angle, and this is probably one of the dumbest ideas that I've ever heard. Now, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, the WWE's plan is to build is to build to that of a as a mystery for a ratings boost. That's what it is, just for a ratings boost. No, it's just no, no. This has to be scrapped. And not only that, you're getting Mari involved in this. Man, this is just, this is awful, man. That was absolutely awful. And one of my friends, like, um, one of my friends, Cody, man, I got to give him a shout out because this is the best thing he said. He said, only tuned in to watch the King of the Ring finals. That's it. <laughs> That's all he watched Raw for, King of the Ring. That's it. I got to give you props, man. I got to give you props. And seriously, that's that's your reason for this angle? For bo- rating, for boosting ratings? How about you actually tell a better story? Because this is just cringe. And that's the best. I'm, I'm, I'm like a broken record when I say it again. That's the best that you got for Ricochet? Come on, man. You got to do better than that. You seriously need to do better than that. This is just wrong beyond so many levels. So many levels. So to wash that bad taste out of our mouth, we had Rey Mysterio defeating Cesaro, which, in my honest opinion, it was a good match. It was a good match. Rey Mysterio's getting wins. And I bet bet what Cody said about Rey Mysterio made WWE say, you know what, let's start using Rey Mysterio properly. Before they get their hands on him. But, uh, like, that's just my theory. That's just my theory. We had Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Now, there are people in this community that are calling Sasha Banks out for being unsafe just because she kicked Alexa Bliss in the gut. Look, these two hate each other in real life. But, 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 but. There's so many butts. Alexa Bliss is is a supposed babyface, right? Sasha Banks is a heel. So we're going to be upset that Sasha Banks is doing what a heel can do? Yes, these two hate each other. These two have been hate each other for a long time. Because I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think the reason they hate each other is because... I honestly think Sasha Banks wants women's wrestling to be taken seriously, not by the looks. It's not about looks. It's about what you do in the ring. And I think that's what she's, that's why she's upset with Alexa Bliss. And that's why they got that heat. And I got to shout, I got to read this comment to you because this is hilarious. My friend Chris from the signature spot, he um, said, Alexa Bliss has gained precious advice from the big show as she flips from heel to babyface on a weekly basis. And at this point, at this point, I, I couldn't, uh, I, I have to agree with him right there. But Alexa Bliss, she faked a, a knee injury. She They did a knee injury, which could play out to the storyline here. 
I don't know if Sasha and Bayley are going to get a title shot against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Or better yet, how about you just give it to Oscar and Kyrie Sane, who I'm hearing are on a creative hiatus. I'm no, I'm no journalist, but apparently a creative hiatus means we have nothing for you at this very moment. So we're gonna, uh, we're gonna think of something. We promise. We got, we got our fingers crossed. Okay, we're gonna think of something for you girls. But Sasha tapped. Sasha made Nikki Cross tapped out with the bank statement and. Congratulations to Nikki Cross. Cross, um, she got her master's degree. Hey, um, Luchasaurus, you're not the only person that has a master's degree here, so you might want to talk to Nikki Cross here, mate. You want to? You might want to talk to Nikki Cross. Now, that's gonna be a nice battle. The argument of master's degree, Luchasaurus and Nikki Cross, and you can lump uh Xavier Woods in it with I have a PhD. That's a nice battle right there. I think that would be a nice battle. So, we had Lacey Evans defeating Dana Brooke via submission. She did Natalya's sharpshooter, which I honestly don't give a shit about this feud whatsoever. I don't care. I really don't care. Like, I, I don't... Like, I'm just gonna say it again. I just don't care. Now, in the main event, we had Rollins defeating Bobby Roode. The OC came out. They laid out Seth Rollins and... Dolph Ziggler and, o- and Bobby Roode joined. Kane's music hit. And he laid out all five men. But the Fiend came. He put the Mandible Claw on um, on uh, Kane. And he just stared at Seth Rollins like it was some sort of horror movie. And the way the show ended, holy shit, it's like I was watching a creepypasta or something. It's like Candy, like Candle Cove. You ever heard of Candle Cove for the creepypastas? I mean, we're almost in Halloween, so I think I might even talk about creepypastas. But, man, it reminded me of Candle Cove a little bit. It really did. But, uh, wow, that ending was good. But overall, outside of the Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt, outside of Rey Mysterio and Cesaro putting on a good match, and outside of the King of the Ring tournament... That was the best part. The rest, I did not give a shit about. That's the best way to describe it. I did not give a shit about anything else besides those three. Moving on, SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live. Let's talk about SmackDown. Now, we had 20 votes. 45% thumbs up. This is the Twitter. On the Twitter. The Phoenix poll. 45% thumbs up. 35 in the middle. And both 10 for thumbs down and didn't watch. Now, let's take a look at the poll that I did on Wrestling Amino. We had 32.4% thumbs up, 21.6% in the middle, 2.7 thumbs down, 43.2% did not watch. Now, I thought SmackDown was a really, really good show. A really, really good show. And I love how you start with a match. I think that should be the mindset from now on. Start with a match to get the crowd pumped. And that's what they did. We had the New Day. They defeated the Revival and Randy Orton. And it was a really good match. A really good match. But it was the ending is what happened in the end of the match that got me excited. 
even though it's not going to get people excited when I talk about it. Brock Lesnar made his appearance on SmackDown. We, I knew it was coming. I seriously knew it was coming. I think we all knew it was coming. I don't want to be, I don't want to stroke my own ego. Like, we all knew it was going to happen. So, Paul Heyman was there, and he issues a challenge to Kofi Kingston on the debut episode of Fox for the WWE Championship, and Kofi accepts. And, by the way, Brock rocking that awesome beard. Love it. And he's going to shake his hand. Kofi, like an idiot, tries to shake his hand, but you don't. You know what happens when you try to shake hands with Brock. You get an F5. And that is pretty much it right there. Now, apparently, why WWE booked Kofi Kingston versus Brock Lesnar for the SmackDown Fox debut, and this is an understandable reason. Now, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, they reported that WWE wanted to give Fox a legit sports feel This makes all the sense in the world that they would place the title on Lesnar during their Fox premiere. Now, it's also reported that Fox will get Lesnar since there's no Rousey now because Ronda Rousey's still on her hiatus from the company. So, like, I think this should be a good match. I honestly think so. Because I think Brock works really well with the smaller guys. And I think he could put on a great match with Kofi Kingston, to be quite honest. And... I think this I think this is going to be great. I think they're going to do whatever it takes to get people interested in this match and make the match feel special instead of suplex, suplex, F5, that's it. Like I want it to be an actual wrestling match. Now, we I did I did give when I was writing my notes down about uh the interview Michael Cole did with Eric Rowan. I'm I'm really glad Eric, Eric Rowan is starting to get some kind of development on his character. But I want, and he's at, like Cole was asking, why was Luke Harper, why did Luke Harper return, which I was happy for. And he's like, you asked Luke Harper about that. (laughs) And he told Michael Cole to keep your volume down. Like, I could go on and on about this. Just watch the promo. We had Ali dressing up in yellow now. He's all yellow. He is now Scorpion of Mortal Kombat. What's next? He's going to be blue. I mean, I like his attire, man. His entrance attire is dope. But I, it's a fun joke, fun jab I like to make. Just saying what character he's going to come out as. Wearing yellow, he's Scorpion. Sami Zayn comes out. He introduces Shinsuke Nakamura. He does a great job. Even better than Greg Hamilton, to be quite honest. Sorry, Greg. Sorry, Greg, but you got competition. But we were supposed to get a match between Ali and Nakamura. Um, before that, let me just, I accidentally forgot to mention that Sasha and ba- Sasha versus uh, Becky is official at Hell in a Cell, inside Hell in a Cell, and I think they're going to do a damn gr- good job in this match. So, sorry if I skipped ahead. Now, we were supposed to get this match between Ali and Nakamura, and I love that they mentioned that Ali actually got a win over Shinsuke Nakamura. That nice little attention to detail, something that WWE needs to be doing for now. Now, um, Nakamura, he hits a Kinshasa on uh, Ali, and we didn't get the match. So, what that tells me is that we're going to get that match at Hell in a Cell. And I could see Mustafa Ali winning the title, to be quite honest. I I think that would be a nice feel-good moment. Have him 
Because you know what? Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, Nakamura losing that title and challenging Brock Lesnar for the WWE title, bring back that good old days and tell the story about their time in New Japan when Shinsuke was the uh, champion and Brock was the challenger. And now the roles are in reverse. I think that would be a great storytelling when you think about it. I honestly think that would be good. So, we had KO, Kevin Owens, he came out to the crowd, and Shane is not happy about that. So, he's next, he's about to address this whole situation, but he gets served with papers. And, as in, he's got a lawsuit from Kevin Owens. Now, Shane, he gets in the ring, he brings KO to the ring, talks about this this wrongful termination lawsuit, and Kevin's like, he tells him to shut up, and I thought this promo was great. He calls Shane a dumbass. Shane tells him that, look, your case is weak. And he's like, Kevin Owens was like, oh, on contraire, man, I, I have a strong case. Now, everything I said about how every SmackDown was mostly about you, I still stand by that. And I was, Kevin Owen was fined, uh, he mentioned that he was fined for attacking an official, something that Shane did, but Shane didn't get fined, but he fired Kevin Owens. And Kevin said he swallowed the bitter pill because he's, um, he's a, he has to do his job. He has to, uh, like he swallowed his pill, pride, he, uh, he, because he did his job, but he still failed. Shane failed, and he tapped out. And he tried to take everything away from him, so the best way to hit him is by his pockets. And when he wins, he's going to be saying, you're fired, and that, was it. And, he, and that was it, and he just ran out like that. I actually liked this segment. I really did. But at the same time, how many times are we going to... If this is going to lead to Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, like, there's, there's my butt kicking in. If this is going to lead to Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon inside Hell in a Cell, the roles are going to be in reverse. And another thing, we've seen it already. So that's pretty much going back to the recycle bin and using the same story, but this time is going to be in reverse. So moving along, we had Charlotte Flair defeating Sasha Banks via DQ because Bayley attacked Charlotte. Now, this is what I question. I'll come... Out came Carmella, and she helped Charlotte to take out both Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, I was saying to myself, why, why Carmella when she's been running around with our truth with the twenty four seven title? My instincts would have said it would make sense if it was Oscar or Kyrie Sane, or how about both Oscar and Kyrie Sane to help make the save and make. And just help Charlotte Flair. I mean, that's what I would have done. And and I could understand why they did it. Because Bailey and Carmella are friends in real life. And you could tell a story with that. Like, right there. And we're still continuing the feud between uh, Bailey and Charlotte Flair. And likely will take place at Hell in a Cell. In which Charlotte might be the new champion. I think that's that's what's going to happen. So we got the coronation for King Corbin, and I love this segment. 
And not only that, it made Chad Gable into a huge, huge star with this segment. I, I would recommend watching it. Words can't do it just. And honestly, honestly, I, I think Chad Gable should be fighting for a mid-card title or a main-card title. I can imagine him versus Brock Lesnar. I think that might be good. Or Chad Gable versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Chad Gable versus Buddy Murphy. Ooh, oh, stop. Just stop myself. Stop. So, I I would recommend watching that segment. It's a really, really great segment. And not, and I'm starting to... Res, like, I respect Baron Corbin, man. I think he's doing a fantastic job. He's doing a fantastic job. He is really good in the ring when he's in the ring with the right people. And yes, he had that go-away heat because of his feud with Seth Rollins, which was absolutely terrible, and they paired him up with Lacey Evans, but I think they're washing all that away. And now they're about to... Now they made Baron Corbin into the biggest heel, and we got ourselves a feud between Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. And I'm absolutely okay with that. If this leads to a match, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I would not mind seeing it again. We had... Heavy Machinery beating the B-Team. B-Team, B-Team. No, no, no. And before that, I want to mention this because I forgot about this. They showed a vignette of AOP, the Authors of Pain, on both Raw and SmackDown, in which I'm really happy that the Authors of Pain are coming back, but I hope they are used in a prominent way instead of being treated like garbage like they did last time. And I hope... They make them feel this like the centerpiece of the tag team division as well. Because you got some damn good tag teams. Not makeshift ones, but tag teams that are legit. And I hope you utilize them very well with this new era of this brand split coming soon. So every machinery got the win. I could see them dethroning uh, the revival for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So, SmackDown ended. We had Daniel Bryan come to the ring. He wanted to talk to Eric Rowan. And I love that he mentioned the pe- the same people who chanted my name or the same people who accused me of trying to murder Roman Reigns. So, we had Eric Rowan coming out. We And he tells him that he's not Daniel Bryan's puppet anymore. And he gets slapped. Harper comes out. He attacks Daniel Bryan. They both jump Daniel Bryan. Roman Reigns makes the save, but he gets attacked and he gets laid out. And I absolutely like this ending. And I thought SmackDown overall was really, really good. Now, there is a news about what theme song might be revealed for SmackDown. Now, during SmackDown Live this week, as they announced that Kofi Kingston will defend his WWE title against Brock Lesnar... This will be a huge match for for SmackDown's Fox, and it'll be the first time Lesnar has wrestled for the Blue Brand for a very long time, and I've totally forgot to mention that. Now, during the promo, fans noticed that a very familiar song. This new song could very well end up becoming the song that fans will hear every week when they tune in to watch the Blue Brand on Fox. Now, it's Are You Ready by ACDC was playing during the segment in which... I think this might be a new theme, but we're not sure yet. It's just a wait and see, so I think that is going to happen pretty pretty soon until we find out what 
we got. What a night, right? So that's how we're gonna do it. Every single week, right here, Wednesday nights. And this is the truth. When I say we are NXT, you are part of that. We are all NXT. I promise you, every week, we will give you every bit of passion, blood, sweat, and tears that we have. Everyone back here will give it all to you if you give it all back to us. I am counting on you. There are certain people in life that you want in a foxhole with you. Every single one of you I want in the foxhole with us. Be here every week and let's show the world that we are NXT. Stand on your feet. Show the world who you are. Show the world every Wednesday the brand that you created. Stand up and tell the world that we are NXT. Wow, man. I mean, wow. That promo from Triple H, I got to tell you, this was this was right after NXT was done with the live show. And you could tell when you listen to Triple H's voice that this man is absolutely passionate for his baby. And this is our brand. And I, I, I just recommend you guys to, to just watch NXT if you have the chance. Because I don't want to disappoint Hunter. I really don't. You could tell that he's putting so much effort. Like we're starting to see some new stuff. Like... Some of the Titantrons I've been seeing from most of the men and women that we haven't seen for most for most of the times, they got some upgrades. Um, the ramp, there's no steel ramp anymore. You could just pretty much walk through, and the atmosphere looks so much better than having it taped for four hours. A live show, I think this is a step in the right direction for NXT in the United for the USA Network. And um, I want to make things clear that. I want to make things really, really great. I thought NXT was really good. They did an excellent job making the first impression. And I know there are people who had issues going to the second hour on the WWE Network, which the best thing I did, I had it up and running on my PS4. <laughs> That's what I did. I just run, I just ran live on my PS4, and I still managed to work. It still managed to work for me. So I would do that for you. For guys, uh, that would be your biggest tip. I would do that for you. So just have the show run at about uh, at about seven the same time NXT starts, and then just keep it live. That's all you got to do. You just got to keep it live. But before they went, um, before they started the show live, we had Angel Garza defeating Raul Mendoza. This was pretty much taped before the show went on the air. And Kona Reeves was actually busted open by Damian Priest. So, he's going to be out for a while. Um, but I think it's just something minor. 
But NXT, man, I thought they did an excellent job. They made a really great first impression. And you always go out, go out doing it right. So we started things off on the USA Network. The first match on NXT on the USA Network is a fatal four-way to determine who faces Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. We have Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. These women, these four women, I honestly got to praise them right there. They opened the show white hot. Now, before I talk about it, the only thing that I have to get used to is commercials on NXT during a match. That, I I had a, I think that's going to be a while for us to get used to, but you know what? I hope they have that little side. That way you can watch the match while the commercial is playing. I hope they do that. Because I know there's a lot of people who want to see the match at its fullest instead of being cut to commercial and that's it. Now, <clears throat> we had Candice LeRae. Like, all these women, they got their chance to shine. Candice LeRae, she picked up the win and she was the right winner. Now, as much as I like Io Shirai, but I would not do a heel versus heel. But... Mia Yim, she took a Poison Rana from Candice, and she hit a Lion Salt at the end, and Candice LeRae is the new number one contender. Now, the way I could see this, because it's booked on October 2nd, the same day that their women's championship match for AEW between Nyla Rose and Riho is booked. Um, Now, I'm going to throw this idea out there. They could give it to Riho, but I'm, I'm still sticking with Nyla Rose. I think they're going to win. I think she's going to win here and become the first ever AEW Women's Champion. Or they might go in that unpredictability slot. And you could quote it in this episode right here. That Riho wins the title. And they might do it as a way that Candice is, is most likely going to win the title. If you ask me. I think Candice is the right person to take the title off of Shayna Baszler. Her second reign at 300 and plus days when combined is at 400, I honestly think, and this is just me being honest, I think um, Candice LeRae being the right person to take that title off of uh, Shayna Baszler makes sense. It makes the most sense. And not only that, not only that, there's really nothing else for uh, Shayna Baszler to do on uh on NXT anymore. There's really nothing else. And we've been saying time and time again. I know everybody's been saying it. Shayna Baszler has to be done with NXT. And be called up to SmackDown or something. Because they could use someone like Shayna. Or you could send her to Raw. Or I don't know what they might do. I honestly don't know what they might do with Shayna Baszler. On the main roster. But on October 2nd. Candice LeRae will take on Shayna Baszler. For the NXT Women's Championship. And I think Candice is about to win the title. And they could do the similar story that they did with Johnny Gargano. But I honestly think Io is really, really white hot right now. And she might take that title just like how Adam Cole took that title from uh, from Johnny Gargano. And you might see that similarity right there. I think that's what they might be going with. But, I mean... Io is just white hot. I could see her feuding with Mia Yim after costing her her opportunity for the women's uh, championship. Like, you could give um, 
Candace a nice little run until she drops it to Io. That's what I would do. Have Candace feud with Bianca Belair. That would be her first challenger. I think that's the smartest thing to do. So next week, we're getting spoiled here, man. We got Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Oh my goodness. Triple H, you are spoiling me, man. You are spoiling me. In five seconds, I counted with my own fingers. One, two, three, four, five. Cameron Grimes beat Sean Maluda in five seconds with that Meteora stomp. And that was pretty much it. And I'm like, wow. Like, I'm glad that Cameron Grimes is getting that character development. And poor Sean Maluda, man. He's been on a losing end for a while. So I don't know what's happening to him. I don't know what's happening with him. I mean, he is going to be working Evolve, challenging uh, AR Fox and the Skulk. Well, he's going to be in that Evolution, ter- that Evolve uh, tournament that they're doing, that Evolution's Edge. So he's going to be doing stuff in Evolve right there. But damn, five seconds? Holy shit. So we had. Roderick Strong versus the Velveteen Dream for the North American title to close the first hour of the show. And the prophecy has been fulfilled. Even though he had Adam Cole assist with the super kick while the ref was distracted. Uh, Roderick Strong hit two end of heartaches. The first one, Velveteen Dream kicked out at a near fall. And the second one, Adam Cole hit the super kick. And you can use that as a storyline saying that Roderick Strong is the weak link for Undisputed Era. I could see that happening. And you know what? I think that might actually work. That might actually work. So, after that, we moved to the WWE Network. Where I know there was a lot of people that had issues. I've seen it on social media. And you know what's funny? That... I've seen people say that they ran an AEW commercial during NXT and on SmackDown. I don't know if this, I don't know if this is just a shot or what. So we had Pete Dunne starting the second hour off against Arturo Ruas, which I thought was an okay match. I thought it did good, and Pete Dunne won via submission by hyperextending Arturo Ruas's fingers. If I I would not be in that predicament, and I would be tapping out immediately. We had Dakota. We had a vignette showing Dakota Kai making her return next week. She will be returning to NXT next week. I can't wait to see who she faces off against. I can't see where she go. Like I can't wait to see what they do with her. We might be seeing. You know what? This just gives me an idea, and I think you might like this. Say, Dakota Kai. Cost Shayna Baszler the title. Candice LeRae wins because of Dakota Kai. And you could tell, like, or if Candice LeRae beats Shayna Baszler clean, Dakota Kai said, I have some unfinished business with you. And Dakota Kai finally beats Shayna Baszler and sending her off to the, sending her off to to the main roster. Who knows? I'm just throwing ideas out there. I'm just throwing ideas out there. We had Jaya Lee versus Aaliyah. I love Jaya Lee. I think they're doing everything to showcase Jaya Lee. But this match was not that good. But Jaya Lee got the win, and that's the only thing that matters. So we had Imperium. We were supposed to get a match against Kushida. And I love how the graphics are going that old school route when they show Kushida moving. And 
it just stops right there. It reminded me of that old school feel, and I, I hope they continue that, man, because that is awesome. That is seriously awesome. But Imperium of Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bertelin, and Alexander Wolf attacked a Denzel Kickpad, if I'm cor- just t- I don't know. They attacked an enhancement talent for Kushida's opponent. And Walter comes out. We're like, Walter has to be here. And he said, this ring is is a sac- this mat is sacred and they're here to restore it. And out comes Kushida. He literally gets on the mic, says, look, this is my time. This is my time. And he goes after Imperium. He takes out Imperium by himself. Can we get Kushida versus Walter in a one-on-one match? But here's the problem. One of them has to lose. I don't think Walter should be losing nor Kushida. Even though he did lost in Evolve. But this is NXT we're talking about. But I think this will be a fantastic match. We have the return of my boy Leo Rush. Taking on only Lorcan. And what was an excellent match of the week. In a number one contendership match to determine who faces Drew Gulak. Leo Rush, he got the win. There was a nice spot where he did where he did a slingshot in the like he was he did a sitting uh stunner, like he jumped from the lower rope and he turned it into a stunner. That was absolutely amazing. That was a really great creative spot right there. I would recommend this match. And I I, I don't know how you guys feel if Leo Rush Won the uh, Cruiserweight title from uh, Drew Gulak. I would not have a problem with it, to be quite honest. I absolutely would not have a problem with it. So, Leo Rush, he won here with the Dragon's Call. And he will be facing Drew Gulak. And I'm loving how they're starting to integrate 205 Live with NXT. And I think it's time for 205 Live to go. I mean, nobody's watching it, to be quite honest. And putting it with NXT makes the most sense. I mentioned that in the last episode. And I think that that's the right call. That is absolutely the right call. Because you're putting it in front of an audience that actually gives a damn about these cruiserweights. And you're given more opportunities on that second hour. And I think that makes the most sense. Now, we had the ending of this match. We had... The ending of NXT right here to start this new era, this new chapter. We had um, Matt Riddle and Killian Dane in a street fight. This ended in a no contest. This was chaotic and all over the place. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But we're getting a rematch between these two. It's a street fight again. Now, this happens af- This happened after NXT went off the air. And William Regal came out and said that Matt Riddle and Killian Dane will have a street fight again, but only this time there has to be a decisive winner. And the winner of that match challenges Adam Cole, Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. And I am absolutely loving that stipulation. And you know what? I see Matt Riddle winning this because I don't see Killian Dane winning. I think Matt Riddle is going to be that guy to challenge Adam Cole when I don't know. I think that's going to be a fantastic match. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. And NXT, they did an excellent job. I'm already excited. There's so much wrestling to enjoy. Now, this let's get to let's get into some news coming out of NXT. Now, Shawn Michaels, he talked about the Wednesday Night Wars between NXT and AEW. 
He was interviewed by the State of Combat podcast. And this is what he meant. This is what he said. Not to minimize the other guys, which hence AEW at all, but certainly from a talent standpoint, there are in competition with everybody. Again, all of them across the board, everyone of them has friends much like we did back in the day. But we were all still competitive, even when we were sharing the same locker room. And that hasn't changed in the wrestling business. Everybody has everybody that has gotten in the ring is competitive. With every other person that gets in the ring, and NXT is no different. They're going to compete with every wrestling genre that is out there as far as they are con- as far as they are concerned. It shouldn't be any other way. I think everybody should be doing that and I think the biggest winners are all of us that get to watch. Make no mistake about it. The men and women of NXT look at the entire world as their competition and want to go out there and show everybody why they think they're the best and why you should be watching them. And now on Wednesday nights on the USA Network, well, on the USA, you are going to get that that opportunity and they're going to let it all hang out. It's going to be a blast, not only for them, but for every wrestling fan walking God's green earth. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mr. Shawn Michaels. And that is the best way to say it. Because, like, who gives a shit about a war? Seriously. We're the winners here. So, let's not choose a side, okay? I hope you guys understand that. Let's not choose a side. Let's not cross the battle lines. We are the winners here. We are supporting wrestling. And I, I gotta say, man, we I am really, really proud to be a wrestling fan. Now, I did see this video of Ciampa on Twitter posting his return, like, to NXT, like, showing his hype video for his return. I, I absolutely can't wait. This is gonna be awesome. And I think... <laughs> oh, man... As soon as Ciampa comes back, this is going to be absolutely amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, moving on. Triple H says Vince McMahon embraces the difference of NXT. Now, now Triple H revealed in a teleconference that uh, Vince McMahon thought that they knock it out of the part. The game went on to discuss how Vince McMahon appreciates the different product that NXT brings to the table, which is something people don't give him a whole lot of credit to. He said this, and I quote, he said this, Triple H does, I received a bunch of texts from Vince McMahon throughout the day, excited and excited to see it, and wishing us luck, especially as it got close. He was sending me little texts, counting me down, 20 minutes, you know, which... I thought was great and because it was fun. It was just fun. And he and then he sent me a few texts throughout the show. He watched the entire thing. I'm sure he's at the office, probably at a meeting while he was doing it, but he enjoyed it. He loved it. He thought the talent did a hell of a job, thought they knocked it out of the park. He was excited. He sent me a massive congratulation after it was over and was thrilled with the product. It's funny. It's a funny thing because people don't give him the credit. He em- he embraces the difference. 
he embraces the difference. The product should be different, and he embraces that difference and is all into that difference. It's like liking different types of music, and one thing might somebody might be somebody's cup of tea, and something else may be another, but you appreciate all of it. And I think that's the best way of saying it. He absolutely appreciates it and thought it was great. He sent me a congrats to us, the crew, and all the talent. Unquote. So this is according to Vince McMahon. Well, this is according to Triple H. Now, if I'm Vince McMahon, after watching that NXT, shouldn't you have that mindset of, we should do it just like them? And start building actual talent and building wrestlers who have been criminally underutilized. I honestly think that would make the... I honestly think that would make the product for for WWE on Raw and SmackDown even better. And I think that's the right outcome if he indeed watched this show. Which I hope he did and saw how Triple H handled the show. Speaking of Triple H, he talked about uh, unique character development on the USA Network. On the teleconference, this is what he said, and I quote, I think we'll, appreciate, we'll approach things differently at all times, but I do, I do think that if you go back and you broke that, this apart, that first USA Network hour, if you broke that apart, there's a lot of character development that actually happened within those segments. It has to be quick, and you don't have a whole segment to have somebody, to have somebody and cut and cut a promo. And build a character in that matter. You know, Cameron Grimes. We know we could have him go out there and talk. And I think I think I built more intrigue in him tonight with what he did by squashing Sean Maluda. And now, like this is just in parentheses by squashing Sean Maluda. And now I am interest interested to know more about him. I think I think though, when we get into the two hours. There's going to be those opportunities to build storylines. You have to do that stuff. You have to give me information, not just in the ring, not just physical, but how do you get to those matches? How do you build those characters and those character arches and those storylines arches to get to where the matches themselves could mean the most they could mean? You have to do that stuff. But to me, the way that you do it, you have to be constantly giving me fresh, new something, information, something. I got to learn something new. Triple H, man. I, I got to say this. Triple H, he has a right mind. He has a right mindset about uh the business, you know? And honestly, honestly, I think... He's going to make NXT a really must-see. He, he's going to make it must-see for everybody. Like, get that interest level up. Get people familiar with these characters. I love that mindset Triple H is going with. And he has that quality over quantity mindset. And I hope Vince McMahon saw that and followed suit with Raw and SmackDown. Quality over quantity. Not quantity over quality, okay? And I hope that's what they do. Now, we get into some injury news. Now, WWE revealed during the update on WWE Now that 
Velveteen Dream was injured last night in his match against Roderick Strong. Now, Dream is unable to compete, which I will talk about later, but his but the nature of his injury was not specified. It was said that he was walking gingerly backstage and he had a lumbar pain. He will not be cleared until undergoing an evaluation. Now, I did mention Kona Reeves. He actually legit uh, got busted open during his match against Damian Priest in a dark match. And Arturo Ruas, he will also need x-rays on his fingers after the match against Pete Dunne. Apparently, that finger-breaking spot might be a bit of a shoot. So that's the update for on WWE now. Speaking of another superstar, um, Yakeem Wilde, formerly known as DJZ, according to Pro Wrestling Sheep, whether you believe them or not, I mean, I take any report right now with a grain of salt. Now, he will be requiring surgery to, re- surgery to repair a broken eye socket that he suffered in July. Now, this was said to be a freak accident during training. Um, doctors wanted to wait a while to see if it healed itself, but the injury did not get better on its own. He's expected to miss a few more weeks of action after having surgery. So this, so I hope he makes a speedy recovery at that end, but I just, I mean, he would be a nice addition for NXT on that UK, on that USA show. Here I am saying UK because I'm thinking NXT UK. But, speaking of those injuries I talked about between uh, Velveteen Dream, Arturo Ruas. So, PW Insider said it might be a kayfabe. Now, it shouldn't know. Now, they said it could explain a superstar's absence as well. He said if WWE's idea here is to fill in the blanks on why WWE... Why the characters disappear for a bit. It's a smart idea. Even if the injuries are storylined. So we don't know how long he'll be out of action. But. I'm like, I could I could see this as a work between Arturo Ruas and uh, Velveteen Dream. But Kona Reeves. I know that situation. I know it was an accident. But. I could see those two playing out in that storyline. And. If it's, legit, if it's a legit injury. We'll just have to wait and see. Take any report you hear with a grain of salt. Alright, guys, I am getting out of here. I am really tired. I'm still kind of drained after working Tulane. And by the way, Pat McAfee, he walked past me, by the way. He was actually there at the game. So I just want to give you guys the heads up. He he was at the game, so just want to let y'all know. Um, I got to say, man, I can't wait to do these to do this mailbag. On my birthday, it really, really, really would mean so much to me to see your questions. I I just can't wait. But I'm gonna I'm getting out of here. I'm gonna go re- relax for a bit. Hope you guys have a great day and continue to support wrestling as always, no matter what promotion you watch. And I will see you guys next time when we do the birthday mailbag. Till then, take care. Be safe. And all you got to do is support professional wrestling. Take care, guys. I'll talk to you later. Peace out.